Welcome to the Avance Podcast. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. I'm Megan. Ooh. Ooh. Three for a curve. Oh, that's it's the way it's done. Three you through a curve? Three you a curve? Is it? I don't know. I'm, okay. It's Wednesday and it feels like Monday. Like it, I've been, I've had three Mondays to get to this Wednesday. Kind of, it's that kind of week. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway. Um, we liked Megan so much, we told her to come back as soon as possible. So <laughs> She had some really good topic ideas. Yeah. So we're like, well, you should probably just like come record with us. Hey, yeah, why don't you? That'd be yeah, fun. That's a great idea. Why don't you come do that? It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good show. Yeah. She had a good topic. Yeah. Everybody always says that to us. Megan actually backed it up. She's like, yeah, okay, I'll come do that. <laughs> we're like, sweet. Perfect. Cool. Thank you. Joke's yeah. on you. I'm coming. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. We invited her and she showed up. <laughs> What they don't know is we invited Megan out for a fun time to work on the brakes and named Dan shot the murder barn. Yeah. <laughs> so the two things, just situations aren't related. Nobody yeah, no, died. Uh, nobody died. Absolutely. <laughs> that was, was the funny part. Like, you know, <laughs> for some reason, she likes to hang out with us. I don't get it either. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder. Like, you do? You want to come? Okay. <laughs> you want to work on cars? Okay. <laughs> what else do you guys do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Coming. All right. Sweet. Sweet. <laughs> I make food. There you go. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. There you go. I made burgers tonight before I came home. Did you? Yeah. Like smash burgers? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wagyu smash burgers. Oh, God. Yeah. Do you ever make anything with not Wagyu? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think we ever talked about it, but Dan cooked me dinner for my, my birthday and cooked me a steak literally almost as big as my head. It was a 20-ounce post-cooked weight steak. Yeah. And it was sous vide with a, like a three-hour sous vide with a flash, with a flash oh. sear. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Little S and P. Uh, yeah, S and P. Down the gullet. Yep. Yeah. Just Fair enough. Time. Uh, Carter Automotive Group Tip of the Week. We should talk about that. Uh, good ideas, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Megan. By Megan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's spring yeah. ish. It ish. snowed every night this week, but it was sunny today. <laughs> so we're like, it's spring, kinda. Kinda. I, I surprising is how nice it was today. I was hoping I would I, want, I would have been riding today, but I had to work. But uh, I thought it was supposed to be raining, and yeah. it's like every time we plan to go riding, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It rains. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, so it's a good time to think about swapping your tires over, getting ready to anyway. I was glad I still had the snow tires on the Audi and the truck. Of course, I don't really care. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's a it's a not a summer season yet, but a lot of us around here. We always say that, like, most places you need two sets of tires. You need your winter, your winter set and your summer set if you have a sports car. But there is a case for all seasons, um, especially now. Because all seasons don't mean no seasons like they used to. There's still a bunch of no-season tires on the market. Don't get me wrong. They suck at everything. But um, there are a few really, really good intermediate tires that will handle the, like, 40 and up temps before you get too hot in the curves. And they're still good in the wet. And that's really what we're fighting here. And that, I think, um, DW06 uh, Plus... That's kind of the everybody's favorite. They do dry, wet snow is what it stands for. DWS 06. Uh, the snow rating goes away when you wear down the DWS logo in the um, in the tread pattern. But it's actually an excellent tire for all seasons around here. Take the old uh, you know Abraham Lincoln out there and see if his head. You can still right? see his head in his tire. Yeah, okay. and then the other yeah. one that I tend to lean toward is any of the Michelin uh, Sport all season. So we talked about the they have that new cross climate tire. Which is fantastic all season tire, but if you're going for more of the performance side, I like to go toward the sport. Excuse me, the actual so name in it. You're you're coming out of winter, and you're obviously taking off your winter tires and putting on your summer tires, which could be more street tires. Mm-hmm. Is there a disadvantage to doing it this soon with the amount of gravel and crap that's on the road? Um, yeah, of course. The more you contact patch you have, the, the flatter your tire gets. If you go like an R compound, for example, that's just an extreme. You wouldn't do that now anyway because it's still too cold for an R compound. But when you have all that just flat surface area and you have you lose traction because of uh, the lack of siping, you have nowhere for that dirt and that gravel to go. So it just sticks to the tire. It gives you a nice little, yeah, yeah. you're sliding everywhere. And you're kicking out gravel and scratching up your paint. Yeah, and so yeah. like that's why it's too early for an R compound, but it's getting to that point where we have, unfortunately here, that like three months where it's really too cold for a straight <laughs> sport tire. And so those of us who only run two tires, that's a problem if you go from winters to, I mean, you can get away with it, but you got to be careful. We don't really get to summer till July 4th. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And then it's over to like mid-September. Pretty much. So, and trust me, that's plenty enough. That's plenty of time to wear down through a set of summer tires. Easily. 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 So, as we have proven many times on one rally. (laughs) Yes, that has been, that's the actual conversation we have most at my family is the fact when I come back from the rallies and they're like, we need new tires. I'm like, okay, so I have to pay for those. (laughs) (laughs) You You only drove 2,500 miles. What happened? (laughs) 
we had that conversation. <laughs> it was an interesting conversation. My dad did. My dad took it better than, or my mom took it better than my dad. So, <laughs> but yeah. So either way, I think on average I got ten thousand miles out of my sport tires and my sports cars, and that was being pretty light on them. Well, I think it was like we, it was like the second or third year we did CMOT, and I put. I put the wrong tires on the Maserati. Like I put uh, high performance tires and we burned through them, or I should say I burned through them really quickly on the drive down and back. It's a heavy car. Yeah. I mean, that was, Weight I think that, that was the year that we were, we were coming out of like uh, Oregon, California there and we were, the, the dips after having lunch and Blake was following me in the, in the, in the Rolls Royce and we were just throwing those cars. At the, I mean, it was insane, but great memories. But uh, yeah. yeah, I burned through some tires pretty quickly yeah yeah anyway good times i'm gonna go ride (laughs) megan anything to say no i was was thinking about how tire manufacturers now have such good um warranties so they'll say like thirty thousand or fifty thousand miles on your tires or how many people actually take advantage of that so it's a prorated warranty i looked into that and if you have a staggered stance on a lot of cars it cuts it in half so if you have wider rears than fronts the wear on the tires is very uneven. So it's like not uncommon if you have a VET or a C63, something with a ton of torque, that you're going to go half the life on your rear tires or when you're front. And if you guys, and if you think about it with all wheel drive sports cars, a lot of people, there's an old stigma of all wheel driving 50 50. It's not, it's usually 90 10, 90% rear, 10% front. And therefore you get about not, it's not a straight trade of 90% more rare, wear, can't speak on the rears, but um, they do pr- typically that. Proration only goes, or that warranty only applies to same um, square setups. So we have all the same size and all the four corners. Right. I had that problem when I had the Dyna and BMW on the fact that we were burning through tires. And with that, you can't replace one tire because right. BMW said the all-wheel drive system was so sensitive, which I don't know if that's bullshit or if they're just in bed with the tire people. But um, <laughs> I had that problem a lot. I mean, at the time, I was back in Spokane and was was going through discount tire, and they were really good about going, okay, well, we're going to take the three off that are bad or, or are still good, and I'm going to give you a credit and things like that. So it kind of works out. But that's a really good point, the fact that, like, I think the ones I had on the Maserati were not. There was not, it was like a 10,000-mile, and I yeah. burned through them pretty quickly. So Well, even, like, yeah. uh, the Michelin has the new Sport, um, the 5? Yeah. The new 5 just came out, the mm-hmm. Pilot Sport 5. And... uh those, I still think of a 30,000-mile warranty, which is a lot um, for a tire like that. I mean, I've never come close to getting 30,000 miles out of those tires. So that's being pretty generous, I found. But they do honor a prorated warranty. It's not very much by the time you're done, but I feel it's something. Like, I feel like I would use that more with, like, the like the KO2s and stuff like that. Like, those are – I think I'll definitely get 30,000 miles out of those. I got – well, those have a 50,000-mile warranty on them. Which, I mean, I, yeah. I got 40 uh, – 44,000 out of my last set. Okay. So – Nice. Yeah, I came really close. I mean, I it was from the factory from Ford, so I didn't have a warranty from that. Um, but the new ones I do, I, I replaced them with the same ones just because I got the Raptor-specific tires, which is just a special load rating. But as that's long all. as you don't have them put on in a big box store here in, in local area, you'll be fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Refuse to do that, yeah. Um, well, I mean, let's kind of jump into today's topic and the fact that yeah. we, we were all sitting here, and Megan came up with a great idea, and it's something that Dan and I have never really thought about doing, but... We all sit here in the United States and we think, oh, we look on, we look through online, we look on everything, we go, oh, I wish they had that here. It's like, and we want to kind of talk about cars that we wish would be here, we, we could get new here. I mean, there's a lot of cars, obviously, some of the Skylines, I mean, one of the things that was on my list, I don't want to get ahead of, was the Toyota Hilux. I mean, you can't get the new versions, but the originals, like the bulletproof versions, like I think... Yep. I think that idiot whistling disc, whistling Dixie or whatever online. He's got he's got a few of them. He's beat the crap out. Yeah, which is the R34, the Subaru Impreza 22B. Like those are all the staples that everybody wants, and those are now available. Um, this is the first year you can import those. Good luck getting a Skyline for less than 200 grand in any worth anything. But I mean, they're out there finally. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, I will say this to start this off. Like I think. Uh, Always being a BMW fan, um, if you don't know, BMW released the M3 wagon, which we've all been wanting. This is on for, both of your lists. Uh, forever, yeah. and they will not bring it here, It, it um, which kind of sucks, I think. I think this is a market, you know, I'm hoping that BMW kind of listens to Audi with them, the fact that they finally brought the RS6 Avant here. And I'm hoping BMW will kind of go, oh, the U.S. market would be good for this. I tried to look into why it's not here, but I didn't get a real good explanation. I didn't know in your research, Megan, if you've come up with anything that I couldn't find. Nothing solid other than they don't feel like it lands well with the American car buying market. 
um, which I agree with and disagree with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, and maybe it's the area we're in here and the fact that I think, and I look at the amount of people that ordered our six of aunts and are driving around here. Um, I feel like it would land really well here. Now, the rest of the world, I don't know. I'm always surprised by numbers, actually, and the fact mm-hmm. that, like, I was telling Dan today, and this is kind of off topic, with my Subaru Wilderness, I thought, oh, it's kind of rare. Well, Subaru launched a brand new Wilderness today, and they've sold close to 18,000 Wildernesses in the United States, so, and I, which is huge. Um, I just, you know, you thought you th- I thought it was a little bit more rare, but it's not. Well, I mean, obviously here, California and the Northeast, they're going to be huge. You're not, yeah. you know, not going to see a lot of them in Ohio. But um, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to know when... I don't feel like car companies listen to us a lot, and I think that this may be a thing where BMW is going, well, we know better than you. You don't need that car there. <laughs> Well, I think one is expensive. Yeah. Just like the RS6. Um, the RS6 sold really well. As far as I know, almost everybody was sold out of them as soon as they had them. But they did a pretty limited amount. And I think that's what BMW needs to do. If they just put a, if they say, I mean, yeah, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense. To so bring a FOMO over. tax? Yeah, but I mean, okay. it, it probably makes more sense to not bring over the same amount as they would M3 sedans. I get yeah. that. But, you know, send over 1,500 of them, gone. Oh, they'd be gone. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, I mean... That's the first one on my list uh, is the RS3 Avant. Okay. Not the RS4. Why is the that? The RS3. Um, because the RS4 is too big now. Mm. The RS4 now, or the S4 now, is as big as the S6 was when they, were, when they first came out. When we first got the S4, when we first got the S6, now the S4 actually think is bigger than the old S6. And so I want a small car to throw around. That's why I, that's why I don't like have such a, a lust and a craving for the RS6 that a lot of people do. I love the car, don't be wrong. If I could find one at MSRP, I would still buy one, just putting that out there. But it's not one of those cars where I'm like, I must have this. The RS3 Avant, though, small, plenty of power, tunable power for the most, you know, great transmission, great differentials, great traction, great road trip car. There's not a lot of great road trip cars that have a lot of room. I mean, yeah, I, every car I've had has turned into a road trip car, but... um it's funny you say that because I, when I was doing my research and I pulled up uh, a picture, I thought it was the RS6 I was looking at. And it's funny because they, part of this article was they were, they were asking, why aren't Americans getting it? And they, Americans tend to be anti-wagon. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know. If I disagree with that because I guess... We weren't, we, and then we were. Well, I mean, we're pro-booger barge, but that's more, you know, minivans and things like that. But, I mean, I think the old school days of like the, you know, the, the, the Clark... Griswold's wagons, the family family trucksters and things like that. Yeah. So, Megan, what's first on your list? Man, I've got so many. Um, I won't mention the R34. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, She she likes that car a lot. I think it's even uh, on the back of her phone, isn't it? Yeah, it's in my phone case. (laughs) Um, I'll go with the Mercedes AMG A45 hatchback. Uh, Yeah. Good call. It's on my list, too. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. It was a great looking car. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I think it's like 420 horsepower. And I saw that it has drift mode too. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. I yep. mean, you can go to Costco. You can fit all your stuff. You can fit the dog, the kids, the sports gear. And you're still going to get where you're going in style. It's like a little two liter too. I mean, if you haven't seen the car, I mean, it, it, they're huge in Europe, obviously. And, There's a ton of hot hatches. A ton, ton of hot hatches. I mean... I look at that, um, you, and you can find videos of people, especially in Europe, talking about those cars and the fact that they're looking at that, they're looking at the GTI, they're looking at um, the, the RS3s the, or the S3s. The Golf like R wagon. Golf R wagon, yeah. Which I have, it's funny, I have the RS3, but I also have the, also have the Golf R wagon on my list. Okay. Yes, I mean, I know they're almost the same car from Volkswagen Auto Group, but uh, yeah, those are, I love hot hatches. And I think part of it, though, is when I was driving all over France, and even when I was in London and Ireland and... Um, I don't say all of the UK because I was all over Ireland, but it was only in London. And then like those make so much sense over there with those tiny roads, easy parking. You don't want a big car over there. It just, I mean, it'd be fun if you were out in the middle of nowhere, which there's plenty of places to do that. But it, as soon as you get in a city, they're a nightmare. So, I mean, and here we're kind of going toward that same problem. A smaller car is just more fun to drive. Typically you have more, you have more road to you. You remember when the smart started bringing cars here? People okay, not that small. For, okay, but I mean the fact that <laughs> they were selling it to Americans and the fact that you could pull straight into a, yeah. a parallel parking spot instead of having to park like that. So, I mean, I, th- I think I think the market's there, but I also think that our, we're a little brainwashed in, in being, especially the three of us being in the car community, you're like, oh, that would totally work here. <laughs> I would buy that, absolutely. But are, are we alone with that? So, yeah. 
Um, one that popped up on my list, um, and it's a, a good friend of ours owns one in, in their in their home in England, but is the Alpine A110. Um, oh yeah. Re, I mean, it's lighter than a 4C. Uh, it's got 449 horsepower, uh, 239 pound foot of torque, uh, zero to 60 in 4.5 seconds, um, top speed of 155. I mean, and they're bringing and Renault. I think Renault. 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 Yeah. Sorry, them too. <laughs> Both of them. Yeah. Uh, both of them. Yeah. <laughs> them uh, brought it back. Uh, you know, it's a, it's an iconic car. I'm a huge in rally. Uh, gorgeous I mean, car. It's a gorgeous car. It's mid-engine. Um, so, I mean, I think, you know, if something like that was here, I think that would really rival the Boxster in America. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. I'd much rather have that in a Boxster. 100%. It's so much better looking, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And the Boxster's a good looking car. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, the Boxsters are fantastic cars. They're great to drive. I feel like the Boxster, when it came out, people were kind of, I mean, they liked it, but it was, and they always used to make it a poor man Porsche, but the Boxster has turned into the Cayman, which has turned into the GT4, which has turned into the GT4 RS in my book. Yes. So that's, you can't lose with that. So, Megan? Yeah, the that car was on my list as well. Um, <laughs> Maybe you and I should have talked before we did. Yeah. <laughs> Did you copy my homework? Uh, no, I mean, kind, kind of <laughs> probably because we probably Googled the same websites to get some of the probably. stuff I got, but yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. No, yeah. but what stood out to me with the Alpine was how much thought went into some of the components of the car. Um, I was watching some review videos and even the wing with the gooseneck design was um, artistically chosen to improve downforce. So just the little details that went into it were impressive but i'll one up you on the 110r okay the fernando alonso edition oh Ooh. okay so um it's a 110r it is so there's the 110 then the mm-hmm. 110r and then there's the fernando alonso yeah does the, it just come with attitude or no it, yeah yeah finicky <laughs> Finic- um, it's finicky <laughs> no It'll jump ship as soon as you put out a car with its name on it. Oh, <laughs> nice. F1, we're going to uh, be hearing from F1 on that one. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, that, that sucks for Alpine that uh, that situation happened. Um, for those that don't know, so <laughs> Fernando Alonso, um, prominent F1 driver, uh, driving for Alpine, and Alpine came out with the Fernando, Fernando Alonso edition A110Rs, and then he announced shortly after that he would be moving, um, parting ways with Team Alpine. So he's at Aston right now, right? No, where'd, no, where'd he go? Did he retire? No, he's still driving. No, who's who's, who's now driving went. for Aston? Is that? I don't know. I, I I don't want to go off on that, but yeah, it's working. Anyway, so... He got his the, name on the car. He moved on. Yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs> it comes with a tuned suspension and bright orange brakes. So... Okay. Oh, no, he's, with, he's with Aston Martin. Yeah, he's with Aston mm-hmm. Martin, and he's doing really well. Okay, yeah. I'm not crazy. Lance okay. Stroll and... Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah, I mean, he's with Aston, and he's been... He's on the podium all of a sudden. He, he took his 100th podium. Well, tried to take it away from me. got it back. But, yeah, I'm not... Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, that car okay. gets the carbon seats and the matte blue paint. Like, so that's yeah. over the. Over, so that's what do you get with the R? Because I didn't actually look up the R. So you get it's a lot of carbon fiber. Okay. Um. So they went with a lightweight package. Um. They even did carbon fiber wheels. So okay. sounds expensive to get with a rear fans on the rear wheels. Yeah. Yeah. So it is fan fan wheels. Okay. Functional. Functional fan wheels. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, for Are fans one. coming back? I just saw the fan on the back of the Gordon Murray. The T. Yeah. Okay. Are <laughs> they? A, yeah, apparently that's a thing. I mean, yeah. Who knows? It's just different. Sure. <laughs> so, I mean, so would you take the, the 110, the R, or the Alonzo? I would take the Alonzo. Okay. Um, personally, because it's the 110R plus a tuned suspension and plus the bright orange calipers. But you would think there would be a tuned, a tuned suspension on the R. Like, I mean, I feel I'm like sure it is. It's probably just even tighter for pr- track. Yeah. 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 I yeah. agree. But I having agree. a great car and then having a great car badged as one of 30. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you, you want to go with the bragging yeah. rights. There you go, Dan. Like, like what you're talking about. Make it rare. Yeah. Make people FOMO. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. What else you got, Dan? What's, what else? What's next on your list? One we both have. Okay. Um, well, it's many we both have. Basically, every SUV and truck in Australia. <laughs> yes, everything from Australia. Uh, yeah. And in Thailand and the, the Southeast Asian market, um, yeah. which is uh, the Ranger Raptor, which I know we're finally getting one here, and it's going to be better because we'll have the 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 more the higher power output car. And the Ranger Raptor overseas before was basically just a suspension and, and flares package. 
but seeing them all over Thailand, they were awesome. Okay. Like I loved them. They, they looked great. And, uh, I don't know why more companies don't embrace wide body in general because it sells every time. Look at the Raptor itself. Now you've got the Bronco Raptor. Now you get the Ranger Raptor coming out. RS, everything, um, GT, everything, Porsche, they're all wide body. Even the Tesla Plaid has wider rear fenders. That Coke bottle shape, as they call it, especially like if you, box flares is technically where they Something come from. Something with hips. Yeah, the, DT, the DTM cars of the 80s era, 70s, late 70s, early 80s, 944s, like anything with, with fender flares, trucks, cars, whatever, I'm all about it. Um, not Bushwhacker, wide body, Liberty Walk, whatever you want to call it, shit kits, but the actual factory fenders that are wide body look great. Um, but besides the Ranger Raptor and everything out, out of there, the Land Cruiser 70 Series. Mm-hmm. Now, the 70 Series came out all the way back in 84, but it's been around forever. And it's a commercial vehicle, diesel, four-door truck, Land Cruiser. And the, fl- the rear chassis, you can order it from Toyota with nothing on it. Then you can put your own bed on it. So, and all you overlanders out there looking at this like, yeah, duh, Ronnie Dahl. That's how Patriot Campers got started, right? Right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And so that gives you a lot more options. And they're typically manual transmission, which fine um this day and age off-road i don't actually think that's necessary we've got really really great automatic transmissions now they're not those like you know crappy three speeds now you know obviously the raptor and the f-150 10 speed transmissions that are in even sports cars now are fantastic so i don't look at that as a plus like i used to anymore to be fair but it's solid axle front and rear still so i mean it actually articulates locked front center rear like the thing is built to work and so you can get... A, so you don't die in the Outback. Right. Yeah. And diesel. <laughs> Fair enough. So it's not going to win any awards but uh, in speed, but, torque. you know, <laughs> but it's going to have enough torque to climb straight up a wall. And if you really want to, diesel is pretty easy to tune, especially on a vehicle that's been out since 1984 um, and has a huge aftermarket following across the globe. And with diesel, you can take it anywhere across the globe and be able to be able to find fuel. Um, so if, any, if I could import anything, it'd be one of those. And it would be one of the new ones. Because the new ones get all the nice trim on the inside, not the old falling apart. If you've ever been in one of those old ones, they look really cool, and they're beautiful. I think they're the best-looking Land Cruisers, the older ones. But <laughs> let's just say you give up a lot of creature comforts, <laughs> and uh, they squeak a lot, and they leak a lot. And, uh, yeah, they'll go forever. But, yeah, basically I want more solid axle vehicles that are built to actually work. So along your lines of Australia is the on my book is the Subaru Lavorg STI Sport, yeah. which is basically a WRX wagon uh, with the STI engine. Unfortunately, in in even Australia, it still just only comes with the CVT, but you're still getting 265 64 horsepower. So, I mean, Subaru listens a little bit there. <laughs> And I'm saying we're, we're recording this on the day that Subaru released the uh, Crosstrek Wilderness, and um, not a fan. Not a fan? <laughs> so, not a fan. I would, but they didn't listen. They're not listening to people. We talked so, about yeah, this yeah. at length. Yeah. We need a Crosstrek Wilderness STI. Yep. A real one. Not an STI badge. Oh. A DSG. An actual turbocharged, like 300, horsepower, 300 foot-pounds of torque. Like, give it this, the stance of, the, out, of the, the wilderness, so it's up high. Give it a locker, and then in a limited slip front, locker in the rear and a limited slip center diff and you'd have a literally you'd literally just have a rally car at that point you'd literally right off the showroom floor onto rally cross like you could you'd drive just, it straight from there to dirt fish just do a tire swap and you'd be fine so many people would love it i mean i yeah. just again i just and I, I being a subaru fan and owner i don't feel like i get you know, like uh surveys from subaru all the time they're like what would you like to see and, and I, I know across the board everybody's saying it and they're not listening to it. So the new Crosstrek Wilderness comes out. All the Wildernesses have the front cameras. They didn't put it on the Crosstrek. The cladding is, is hideous. They didn't give it the height. They didn't, I mean, they, they just put some new stuff on, on the, got a sticker on the hood. That was their biggest selling point. It's like, yeah. come on. All those companies, are just, they're so, just going hybrid in the end anyway. I don't, don't, I don't talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Performance, what? One that I don't know if people know about on, I think it was on your list too, <laughs> is the Suzuki Jimmy. Yes. Um, I, you look at it from you look at, at it from across the room. You think it might be a Land Rover and a Jeep had a baby, but um, I think they're cool. Yes, I think they're really cool. They're really cool. Talk um, a little bit about why you, why it's on your list. Is, I mean, what, what I always consider it a baby G wagon. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah, it yeah. reminded me that. of a G wagon. I loved the color that I saw it in too. It mm. caught my eye right away. Um, what was it called? green or what, what color was yeah, it? Yeah, it was like a neon greenish color. Oh, that's like like the highlighter yellow or whatever they've got. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. Kinetic yellow. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think coming off of our recent 
um, Avance Women's Off-Road Day too, and doing that in my F-150 with the long wheelbase. This one particularly caught my eye with how compact it is for a four-wheel drive off-roader. Um, yeah, it just looks like a G-Wagon. It's stylish, but really compact, a great little package. I think you can even get uh, some body replacement stuff to make it look more and more like a, a G-Wagon. Like, if you don't know, we used to have Suzuki here in the U.S. I think they left in 2012. Um, what do we have? They had the Sidekick. Um, we had, I mean, the Suzuki, was it not a Jimmy? There um, was the Montero. Mon- no, no that's, that's the that's Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi. What was yeah. it? Um, I don't know, but, um, you know, th- we used back. to have them way back in the day. Um, if you haven't seen them, I mean, I see them all the time in videos I watch, especially in, in England. People, you know, the nice little off-road SUVs. And I don't think there's, a, there's not a ton of power, but I mean, it's, like I said, it's it's Land Rover Defender meets G-Wagon. So, really cool. What else you got? Um, so, this is kind of one that's out there. Uh, and I don't know, it, one of my weird back-of-my-head things is the Toyota Century. <laughs> Um, I don't know why I like this car so much. It's just a giant. It's like it's it's bigger. Well, it's bigger than an Avalon, basically. Um, I, Japanese royalty. I think they use them for for their limos and things like that. So you're talking about the 18 and newer one, the, the yeah, because you can start getting the old ones now. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. But I'm talking. I'm talking about the new ones. Yeah, I mean, but it debuted in like '67, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, there's just something kind of cool about it. Um, it. it there's just something luxurious. It's and a kind gangster of fun car. It's a gangster. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a gangster it's, it's, car. Really I feel really like is. you're going to be. I'm going to say it, Yakuza riding around Japan and that. I just it's, there's something really cool about it. So um, it's always sort of been on my mind as far as something that would be fun. I mean, it's just like I want I want a two door like '60s Cadillac. The same thing. I want to be able to cruise around. I think this would be a fun car. Um, obviously, like you said, there we're starting to be able to get them here, but it's the newer ones. Um, it's like the super luxurious flagship, which is interesting because when you think super luxurious for Toyota, you think Lexus. Um, and, you know, and obviously we've seen some super luxurious things come out of Toyota, like the LFA. Uh, so, but it still works. So, it's yeah. a weird car. No, 100%. even by Japanese standards, yep. where yep. they have some, you know, like you, when you think of Japanese cars that are weird cars, you think of like K cars, little tiny cars. This thing is just weird in the fact that it's a V, like not the newest one, but the, the one everybody knows about, or should say the, is that it's a V12. Yep. Um, it's a massive V12. It's not even a very fast V12. Which means Toyota <laughs> makes a V12, guys. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> and it's got a weird flat interior, and it looks like they didn't update it since 1967. I mean, pretty much. You would not expect. You would not be surprised to find a tape deck in this car in '97. <laughs> no, but I want to know if it comes with like the like the little flags on the front of the hood, so I can like <laughs> fly my country's flag. <laughs> the mirrors and all the fenders. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's cool. I, I agree. Yeah. yeah. What else? Yeah, it's you an interesting choice. It I, didn't make my list, oh, but I, I saw it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think we looked at the same. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Article. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, if we're going for kind of off the beaten path. Uh, Unimog. Oh, hell yeah. Wow. Good call. Thank you. Good call. Thank you. That is, there is a Unimog, an old Unimog, that sits outside a church in Kirkland. And every time I leave, it's a Catholic church. And it's, I mean, it's a truck version. And it's got to be late, late 60s, 70s, if not a little bit earlier. But uh, love it. Absolutely love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can do anything with those. So it's like the deuce and a half, but fancier. Okay. Um. And yeah, I mean, you have a backyard farm, you have a snow day, anything, I mean, that'll make it happen. Yeah, and so the Unimog, I was reading an article totally not related to this a couple of weeks ago about the Unimog, and it's it's acronym, it stands for Universal Motor, and it's a German word, so I'm going to butcher it, I don't speak any German, so uh, Gerat, I'm, I'm going to, it's G-R, G-E-R-A, um, with the two dots over the A-T, um, and it just, the Gerat, or I'm saying it all wrong. Anyway, um, it it basically means like farm equipment, mm-hmm. and it was really made uh, for farmers, like as sort of a supplemental tractor vehicle to go through their fields. And if you look at the original one, it had skinny tires like a tractor. Like this thing was made as a a farm vehicle, and so it was like a universal platform for doing work, a work vehicle. Um, and then it just blew up from there as like you know the go to you know Mercedes military vehicle. Um, yeah, Unimog um, or Sarpins. Um, Pinsgauer, I should say, not Sarpins. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pinsgauer would be much more usable because it's a much smaller vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, you do have the problem of being when you get the bigger the bigger the vehicle you have, 
you ever get stuck, you're the harder time you're getting out. True. And you're going to get stuck. Um, for me, I'd probably go Penskower, but because I like to explore more. Sure. But I would pull the Pinscour behind the Unimog. Oh, okay. Which is exactly what I would, that's so like my perfect stable okay. right. because <laughs> I want, I would do like the, the um, luxury, um, what do you call it? The, uh, what Doug used to have. Toy hauler? No, you're talking about the, uh, <sighs> what do you call that? They make them a big Ford chassis. Earth now. Roamer. Earth Roamer. Oh. Like they, an Earth Roamer build Unimog. You realize they make a bigger one than the Ford chassis. Oh, now. I They've know. They've got it on the new GMC, uh, that huge new platform that's not like that's like the commercial truck now. Yeah, yeah, Earth Roamer. Yeah. So I would I would do that. I would turn the I would do Unimog Earth Roamer build because then like okay. you can really get out there. Then take your smaller vehicle off. Okay. Hmm. Um, we all know I love British cars. <laughs> no. TVR Griffith. Oh jeez. Okay. I think we share a brain. I think we do. Thank That's God. Somebody, uh, my parents have been wondering where well, they have my brain. No. <laughs> <laughs> so here's why. Uh, a lot of people thought the TVR was gone. It, it has been re, re, uh, uh, what is, uh, revived. Um, if you're an American you know, and you're a car person, the first time you saw a TVR was in the movie Swordfish with... Uh, Halle Berry. <laughs> Halle Berry. And... Um, the reason I like this car... Um, it's, uh, let's see, it's a two-door coupe. Um, it was designed by some new guy named Gordon Murray. Uh, so uh, if you've never heard of him, he designed them, you know, the uh, McLaren F1. Uh, he's, he's putting a Ford Cosworth 5.5-liter V8 in it, uh, 0 to 60 in under four seconds, and a top speed of 200 miles an hour with ABS, power steering, traction control. Uh, it's a sexy car. TVR has always made sexy cars. Um, they weren't necessarily always reliable. They were kind of rattled apart. So I think the fact that, you know, whoever's revived them and I could not find out who's, who owns the nameplate now. I think it's uh, the, the photos I have, especially sitting in red, it looks a lot like an F12 or an 812. Um, it's got that really long nose, short rear end. Um, so yeah. Yeah. That one caught my eye too. Um, Why? Why? So yeah, (laughs) prior to the Griffith, (laughs) prior to the Griffith, there was another car by TVR, the Stradaris. Oh yeah. Um, and that one was kind of funky. That one caught my eye too. Um, but it lacked like ABS and traction control, um, and power steering, I believe was lacking in that as well. And they included that in the Griffith. So it seems like that may have been pre-revival and then Griffith being post-revival includes a little more comfort. Basically, we wouldn't get that car because uh, they're only doing 500 vehicles and to do a U.S. spec is the reason why we wouldn't get it. Yeah, Yeah. they're not going to crash test that. (laughs) All right. So, I mean, Dan, I know this was on your list. I want to know if it's on Megan's. Uh, Something in the Volkswagen family? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Scirocco? Scirocco, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. No, that's on mine. The Scirocco R. Yeah. Scirocco yep. R and GTI. That's what I'm thinking. The pl- the, 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 the Volkswagen Up GTI. The yeah. micro, hat, micro yep. hot hatches. Yeah, which I still, I think with as much pressure as the states and the government is putting on in, on gas and stuff like that, I cannot believe that these, these companies aren't looking at this going, bring these cars to the United States because they would be ultimately great commuter cars. Uh, I think they don't meet crash safety standards here. Sure, you just go tinking down the road after you get hit. Just <laughs> yeah, this one I don't know because it was built on the golf platform. The Scirocco, so, yeah, yeah. I don't know about the Up though. Oh yeah, yeah. The Up's super no, I tiny. I don't either. I mean, I don't know. That's that's an interesting. Or maybe emissions with our fuel. I I never I'm never sure well, Volkswagen's why. Volkswagen's engines are always honest. They've never had any problems with emissions. They do weird emissions. That's never been a scandal at all. So, so. the Scirocco, though, because I had my first car was a Scirocco not my first car my first Volkswagen was a Scirocco and I I love that car I wish I still had it and uh I loved the new one too I thought it was a really cool car I just it looked good it was like a, a wider lower GTI with a little like ex, sort of like an extended more aerodynamic looking GTI um especially the R it had, they did a facelift like mid 2010s I want to say 16 or 17 or something over there we never had them of course here so but I thought they were really good looking. I th- they had it kind of they filled kind of a unique void that didn't exist on the market. Um, what was the Honda that came out that kind of replaced the CRX? CRV? Is it the CRV? No, the CRV is the SUV, the mini SUV. Okay. 
anyway, Honda came out with this little thing and it, it sucked, but it had the right style. It kind of gave that CRX kind of feeling back. And I, I think the, the Scirocco kind of had that for me. So Interesting. I mean, I, I think there's no more classic car when I think of old school, like look at the magazines that we had in the 80s and 90s, is, you know, the VW magazines. And a lot of them, obviously, we got from Europe with people modifying and things like oh, that. Yeah. Scirocco's were everywhere. Euro car, sport compact car. Yeah. yeah. I think we've talked about, you and I have the... Uh, Hot Wheels, Scirocco, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Great choice. Um, there's a car that came out that I didn't know, but is the new Ford Focus ST wagon. And uh, oh, yeah. 276 horsepower. We want and all the wagons. I, we want all the... I, I, there seems to be a theme. Like, I don't know if it's my age or <laughs> things like me being pr- more productive, but I think that, you know, uh, some of the Fords that, that Europe gets are just so cool. I mean, especially some of the stuff that had Cosworth engines in it. But, um, I mean, and I will always, I mean, the RS 200, 2000, is it 2000? What is, what's the one? The RS 200 and the, the RS 500. Two, the RS 200. Like the, that was just, I mean, it's Ken Block's car in my mind. But, um, yeah, that the black one. So, um, I, I think there's some, I mean, I think it, it's funny because all the articles I'm looking at, the people like, Americans don't like wagons. I'm thinking, that's not true. But I think, again, I'm around here, it's like, if everybody's driving Subarus and things like that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. What else do you got on your list, Megan? Well, let's see here. Uh, Peugeot 106 Rally. Oh, okay. Mm. How'd that you come up with that? One. Um, I mean, any any rally-inspired car that I can't get here is something that I want. Um, anything you tell us that we can't have is something we want. Before, yes, really. 100%. <laughs> um. But it was built to the to meet the FIA Group N specs, so that that just kind of stood out to me as something fun. Uh, you know, speaking of that, the the Yaris GR. Yeah, we I got we were getting that we here. get the Corolla GR. Oh, we, we get don't the get the Yaris. GR. Okay, yeah, because the Yaris has been the one that's been in the World Rally Championships that Toyota has been running. Yeah, right? the okay. Gazoo Racing GR. Okay, which is a weird name, but true. Um, <laughs> such a cool car. It's weird. <laughs> Like, I'm glad we're getting the Corolla. Don't get me wrong. That's a cool car, too. That's But the Yaris, like, again, I like the really small mm-hmm. little hot hatches. I think they're awesome, and we don't get that one either. Okay. I think it would be good for them to rebrand the Yaris name, too, with something that's more sporty and quick yeah. and fun to drive. Um, Corolla kind of has has its built-in stereotype for what it is as a mid-range economical vehicle. But Yaris, when I think of Yaris, I think of, like, gutless rental car that you don't want to get. Right. <laughs> Fair. Yaris yes. rhymes with gutless. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So yeah, to get this one, it okay. would just change your um, expectation of what a Yaris could be, I think. Yeah. You're probably dead on because the marketing over there, like those tiny little hot hatches are everywhere. Mm-hmm. So like nobody looks down on them because that just is an obvious choice. If you live in a metropolitan area like London, Paris, like you don't want a big car there. If you barely want to drive, let alone have a big car. Scooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. The Yaris would make a great sleeper here. Oh yeah. If you did an engine swap. Yeah. You'd have the room. Yeah, GR. I mean. That's true. Don't ruin my daydream. I I didn't say we couldn't make the room. I said, do you think we could? Ha- it has the room, like you know. I mean, it's just like I never thought a V eight engine hammer. was going to fit in a Miata, but apparently it's just like you hit the firewall a little bit and it works. So it's fine. Yeah, it's okay. That'll bust out. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I've got a lot. I've got some hyper cars on here too. Oh, okay. I didn't oh, know which, okay. No, yeah. no. Start I mean, talking. You know, I didn't know which. Are they wagons? We, we only want to hear about wagons. <laughs> do you have any wagon, wagon hyper cars? It's the Pagani Huayra Sport Hatch. Um, <laughs> no, no. I'd buy the shit out of that. <laughs> I was gonna say, <laughs> you got, you got, you got I could, I'm seeing a Pagani with like a wagon and like the, still with the flaps on the top. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, oh, for sure, for sure. She launched right in it. She's like this Pagani Wyra Sport Hatch, <laughs> the Sport Hatch R, uh, hot hatch package, all carbon fiber, <laughs> the Alonzo edition. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, the Alonzo edition. <laughs> um, no, I mean that car's sick. So uh, one thing that stood out to me is. Not only does it look great, and I'm a lover of hypercars anyways, but um, the it's got 850 horsepower. A the y- are we talking about the Wyra? Yeah, Wyra R. Wyra R. You oh, know. yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that one can't be imported because the airbags aren't up to par, unfortunately. The $1 million price tag may have something to do with you know not importing one for me personally but 
That's don't. the only thing that's stopping you? Yeah, that's the only, okay. only thing. Yeah. I, I don't want to take away your reason, but we can get a show and shine permit for some of those cars. You oh, can yeah, get that's them true. In, so just, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Now I've got to come up with a million bucks. Uh. <laughs> Damn, off to my second reason. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, go ahead. No. Oh, no. Um, I just remember what I was, I was looking at the Alf 4C, but it was the GTA Julia that I was talking oh, about, the one okay. with all the carbon that we yes, saw. and the yeah. giant wing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, okay, got it. Yeah. just had my lines nice. crossed there. Good. Anyway, so. Oh, yeah. It was an Alpha. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so this, the Huayra R is a six liter V12. Um, and, you know, with the hypercars, it's like, who's got the most horsepower? What's the fastest zero to 60 time? And one thing that stood out to me with this was they threw in a stopping time. Ooh. So at 300 miles an hour, it takes to three, go from 300 three, kilometers or 300 miles an hour? 300. Oh, good question. Probably I'll kilometers. Have to go back be and check. I don't think, I don't think anything's. An hour. Who's gone over 300? Has anybody? Uh, well, not, not stock. Yeah, that'd be more land speed record. Yeah. Type. Well, you say that for, yeah, I don't think anything's stock. Yeah, so okay. we'll, go, we'll default anyway. to kilometers. Kilometers an hour. An hour? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Fair enough. So 300 question mark to zero in 6.6 seconds. Jeez. Yeah, like, that's really fast. Pull your face. How many your feet? Helmet. Uh, I gotta find that that's out. And it was it was the sh- the Chiron did three hundred miles an hour. Um, that's right. It was all that all that yeah. mixing with when when SSC was was. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, breaking speed records, but the helicopter that only went 180 miles an hour was sitting up, keeping up with it. But other than that, um, <laughs> that was the Tuatara, right? Tuatara, yeah. Yeah. I saw that car in in just raw form at the. Air and Space Museum, God, 10, 12 years ago. Oh. It had no engine in it. Um, beautiful car then, but I really want to see them do well, obviously because they're yeah. local. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. So I have a question for you, and there's no wrong answer to this. What is your, what's your determining factor between a supercar and a hypercar? Yeah, this is a really great question. And I think the line is getting blurred more and more, even as production cars are starting to get to what we used to categorize as a supercar. Um, so at this point, when I think of a hypercar, I think of extremely limited production, um, probably talking a million plus, just kind of like the, the elite VIP, like backdoor experience. Best of the best. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, definitely fast and definitely, definitely nice. Just, there's so many categories out there because we've got supercars, we've got hypercars, we have super sedans, we have you know, things like that. So it's I'm always just kind of curious. We never actually talked about it on your episode. So it's just, and I think you're 100% right in the fact of like it's the exclusivity and the price point. So what else do you have on there as far as your, your hypercars that we can't get here? Oh, let's see. Oh, the Pagani Zonda was on there too. Just a mere 2.7. We can't get Zondas here? I didn't know that. No, I don't think they meet the... Crashed at. I'm sh- so you can probably get them for show and shine, but you can't get them licensed. Yeah, yeah for okay. road use. I think that one's airbag related as well. Oh, okay. I mean, um, if you have to die in a car. Airbags. I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who needs them? Right. Um, I've got, let's see, what else is on here? The Lotus Exige S1. Oh, oh yeah. I've okay. always wanted one of those. How did I miss that with my British All Exiges here. Yeah. Yeah, the Exige is a cool car. What was the one where the the wheel and the rear wheel can come off and spin you around in the middle of a corner? Oh, any of the any of the at least chassis cars. Oh, that's what they it was. have okay. a single yeah. point of failure on the rear. That's right. The the rear lower control arm. Okay. Yeah. Koenigsegg. Right. What's the what's the four door one? That's one. We're gonna get that here. Oh, we are. Yeah. That it's not a four-door. It's a four-seater. It's a four-seater. It's an yeah. exceptionally long yeah. door. Uh, yeah, and we're also getting the new uh, CCXR that's a manual and automatic transmission in one car. Yep. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Saw that car. I'm trying to find some year. actual test numbers on the braking on that car because yeah. on the market, uh, I think the C7 Grand Sport and uh, Grand Sport Z06 and ZR1 with the carbon ceramic brake package is still the f- quickest and shortest distance stopping car, period. On yeah, but from that speed? Mm-hmm. From from 100. Okay. Um, but we're talking... Yeah, and so I was trying... I was try- yeah, yeah, so I'm trying to figure out if there was actual, like, breaking yeah. it down, like, because oh, it's not at, at top speed, but a standard, like, street stop. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm really curious. 
And there's also the ability to do it more than once, which is a big deal. <laughs> well, I mean, if I took a Honda Civic and put, you know, Lamborghini Urus brakes on it, I'm going to stop real quick. Yeah. So, <laughs> a lot of rotating mass there. So, you got anything else hypercar related? Uh, hypercar wise, yeah, the Koenigsegg Agera. Yeah. R. Agera R. I don't think we had a few one to ones here, I think, in America. And then we had the. The Agueras that were like the the Viking names, like Thor and all that. Yeah, there's a bunch of them in, in the whole collection down in California. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of their names. They've they've got some interesting ones in there. I I mean, <clears throat> which is interesting because I think some of those those cars that are owned they're they're brought in as show and shine, and then they are just driven because you, when you see them driving, you see them at shows, they've all got ghost license plates and they don't have yep. plates. And I think it's like if they get pulled over, it's like oh I'm sorry, I'll just you know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of tickets are what they call a poor tax. Yeah. Because if you're rich enough, you don't care. You Fair don't. Enough. You're like, yeah, impounded. I'll pay the thousand bucks. That doesn't even, like, that's an oversight when you have a $2 million car. Oh, yeah. Nobody gives a shit. I just realized I'm poor because that, to me, that would definitely stop Right. Me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a poor tax. I mean, if you're rich enough, the laws don't apply to you. Only jail time does. Otherwise, yeah. you're just paying a fine, which is, like you said, if you, if you bought a $2 million car, yeah. chances are you probably didn't finance it. And a thousand dollar ticket is not on your list of concerns. At that point, you probably have a lawyer on speed dial yeah. that just handles these tickets for you. Or you just get trip permits and knock yourself out. Yeah. And temporary insurance. Because with insurance, you can just put a bond up if you have the cash. You don't actually have to float insurance. You just have to have, you can write your own policy. Those cars are insured because they're sitting in warehouses. And if those warehouses... Oh, no, no, that's, up, a different, yeah. that's a different kind of policy, though. But to drive it, you yeah. don't have to actually have to go through an insurance company with a non-VIN legal car. You just put up a bond. There's a way around everything. You get enough money. Did you hear about that? Speaking of that stuff, that, that kid that was driving his dad's Urus and hit that woman down in California. Yeah. And like the, California's going after him. Like as far as the insurance company's going to have to pay out millions of dollars to the family. I mean, he was being stupid, but they're trying to crack down on stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. I'm trying to think if there's any obscure, obscure cars. Like that's, I mean, a lot of the cars that I thought of, I came up with real quickly. Like something that maybe, you know, I was trying to figure out something that I liked that nobody had heard of, things like that. That's where the kind of where the TVR came from, but yeah. A lot of them that I found, so I was looking for that too, and a lot of the stuff I found that is just obscure is specific use or it's just like commuter car stuff. There's a ton of commuter cars we don't get, a lot of diesels that are actually just cool. They're good little cars to run around in, but I'm not like yearning for one. What are like the, the four-door shitbox cars in Russia? <laughs> you always see in all the films. Yes, any, yeah, a Trabant. <laughs> yeah, more, which are perfectly legal to import, but they would fall apart by the time they got here. I'm not sure you could probably import anything from Russia right now, Dan. <laughs> oh, no, but you can get them in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could get them from East Germany back in the ah, day, I see. and a lot okay. of them oh, exist. I see. Imagine and that. In, yeah, yeah. Imagine in Czechoslovakia. That. Czechoslovakia. Okay. <laughs> places that don't exist anymore. There's many of them. Oh, okay. Fair enough. But uh, Volkswagen makes a. Ironically named California camper van that is not sold in the U.S. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just a total camp-friendly package. So it's got the pop-up tent on the oh, front. Yeah. So, it's, so um, it's, it's, a, it's a, there's a name for that in America. We had those. Westphalia. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There were Westphalias mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yep. But they don't, we don't, we don't get them anymore. We're, they're talking about giving us another VW bus, but it's apparently it's electric. Electric. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. The ID, what's it called? ID buzz or something. Yeah. I'm seeing the ID fours all over the road. Yeah. I got a question for you. Any bikes that we can't get here? Um, Ooh, good question. I don't know where I came up with that idea. Not, <laughs> not a lot. There's a couple of homologation super bikes, okay. um, but those bikes are so insanely expensive to insure over there that they actually tend to sell them more in the U.S. market. Um, Interesting. We have very different laws when it comes to riding in Europe than we do here. And I don't know enough to be authoritative in my response here, but from what I saw in Europe and people I talked to when I was over there, and granted, I wasn't anywhere besides France and Italy, but most of them said that anything over 400 cc's was getting into really expensive just to operate and insure. Oh, okay. And if you, especially in the sport bike class, and you can get larger touring bikes over there, and you can get Harleys V twins because they're two cylinders, and they're considered a cruiser. But if you get into sport bikes, like, um, so you're not going to see R ones or the BMW one thousand. Exceptionally RR. rare. Exceptionally but rare. But you are going to see like the KTM. What are the twelve hundred? Like the adventure bikes. I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, you still didn't see a lot of them though. 
because they're just plain expensive. Um, And you have to go through... um, Which is ironic because I think that's where they're made, but yeah. Yeah, no, you have to go through licensing models. And depending on where you're at, they're easier to get. I mean, obviously, Europe is not a country. It's a continent. And so as you go going country to country, the laws vary. But if you go... um, yeah, if you go over there, most of those really high-end superbikes are sold to us. So the Ducatis, basically. Uh, not, just, not just that. Yeah, it's... Because, um, I mean, all those... What, the, the Ducatis, are, the 999s, what? It's 1,000 cc's, is it not? Isn't that what the... Yeah, I mean, we're the 1299 now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, yeah. catch up, Nick. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, there's a couple of V5 superbikes that are hard to come by. Um, Honda's got... Uh, what's that one called? Man, I, got, I haven't looked at sport bikes in a long time because I kind of gave up on them here. But back in the day, it was there was some of that. But most of the time, we actually get pretty lucky on the motorcycles here. Interesting. There's a, some adventure stuff um, that they get first, like the Yamaha 700, the the Tenere 700. That that came out first in Europe. Um, I think I think Australia gets some of the big. Yeah, bikes. Australia gets yeah. Big, is big on yeah. bikes. Um, and there's a lot of mini motos. A lot of little mini scooters and stuff that they get. Two strokes, especially like you can like. Up You'd f- never catch me on a mini moto. Those what? things are embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, the mini moto high performance scooters. Yeah. Like if you want a 150 mile an hour scooter, yeah, you could get one for a while. A two stroke, 250 cc two stroke scooter, with tuned no. pipes and everything from Aprilia. No, like all that existed over there. There's a bunch of trial stuff we can't get here, over here um, from Aprilia, uh, KTM stuff like that. That's really cool. Um, and there's some specific track cars, like the KTM Crossbow. There's another one that's on my list that I've always wanted. And yeah, but you have literally seen one of those in front of you with a Washington plate on it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, we can get them, but it's extremely difficult to do. I, I've always wanted to ask him how he did that. I don't think he'd tell me, but... Carefully. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, a bunch of the mini moto stuff, though. Uh, when I was in Thailand, they're everywhere, and it's such a huge thing over there. That's why I fell in love with the monkey so much. Just seeing them all over Thailand, I was like, I have to have one because there's there's so many of them, and they're Wait, everywhere. Did we get monkeys after you went to Thailand? Yeah, we did. That's right, because you yeah. were 40th birthday. Okay, I forgot yeah. about that. And yeah. then uh, I saw that I went to a, that monkey cafe, monkey cafe, and yeah. it was like a nice shop. And I was like, this is so cool, and I just I love that culture. That These people dude. are classy. We can do this. <laughs> It's funny. I mean, it's a whole different conversation we could have, but how different car cultures thrive in the world around them. Because it's not like there isn't a car culture over in Europe when you have no room to drive big cars. They just have really cool little cars and really cool little bikes, and they do really cool things with them. And it's just based on what you have, because like, we joked that it would be hilarious to take a road trip in the Raptor across Europe. I mean, it would be hysterical. You could never find parking. People would move out of the way like you were insane. Mm-hmm. Like, put an American flag on the back, and people would think you were invading that country, whatever you're going into, because it looks like a military vehicle over there. It's so big. But, I mean, they have cool little hot hatches. They have motorcycles everywhere. I mean, and it's it would be really fun to go over there and just show people, like, if you haven't traveled Europe or you haven't traveled even in Iceland, there's nothing. You have car culture there, too. It's just big, massive off-road trucks with huge balloon tires, and it's really cool. Are those Hiluxes that, that they're using in Iceland with the big balloon tires? Oh, they're sometimes. Toyotas. Sometimes. I just don't know what they are, though. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Well, I mean, I don't know. That'd be kind of fun. I mean, it's funny because I sent you a TikTok today of a guy sitting outside the Nürburgring with a Raptor pulling a, a, a Viper ACR waiting to set some records. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to do it in the Raptor or the uh, Viper, but... <laughs> Australia still tops my list of places I want to go, um, period, to go do car stuff because it's such a big space and I love to explore. Yeah, it'd be hard to dive through a car there. There's so many other things that want to kill you in Australia, so... Oh, yeah. I mean, you have to for literally sure. watch out for kangaroos and stuff, like literally. But, I mean... I just think it's such a massive place to explore and I like to see that kind of stuff. So yeah. that that is kind of calling me because I feel, one, I feel safer exploring randomly there. Um, being able to speak the language, of course, and, well, I really like Australians. They're really nice. So <laughs> I still want to steal your idea uh, and go buy, you know, buy a bike there, ride around, and just sell it. Yeah. Especially uh, New Zealand. So, yeah. That'd be beautiful. Right? Yeah, the Honda Africa Twin is top of my list for doing that. Okay. Like Toto's Africa should come on right now. <laughs> they don't have vampires there because they bless the rains down in Africa. It's true. It's true. Yep. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, my new my new obsession with bikes and I think dancing. I don't know if I posted it up on our chat. Was the the Thornton hundred when they take the the Triumph bobber and turn it into? Just oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> sexy. Yeah, I'm gonna do with my next yeah. monkey, my yellow one. I don't have a yellow one yet. Yet. 
No. Because that's, I told you it's a trickle down thing. Because if you buy another monkey, (laughs) let me do my off road build, my stock build, and then my bobber build. It's going to trickle down. So you'll have three, then Nick will get two, and then I'll have to get one. Well, yeah. I mean, we've we've already been sending you ads. (laughs) We found one. (laughs) Last uh, Thursday, and you texted our group chat, and you're like, who wants to go to Spokane tomorrow and pick up a monkey? (laughs) (laughs) Me. Yeah. This is dangerous. Yeah. I mean, well, I, so you rode, the, you rode the monkey. You understand mm-hmm. how fun that is and, you know, smiles per miles. It's not, it it's a, not a hard thing to sell. Yeah. Like, I, we have people look at us like, why would you do that? I'm like, just ride it. Just ride it. Don't just. <laughs> so. Damn it, I need one. Damn it, I need one. Yeah, Everybody. So. Oh, yeah. yeah so. That was fun. Any closing thoughts? Um, Renault Megane. Definitely would like one of those as a commuter. Um, a what? Megan. Oh, I thought you were just saying your name different. So, I, was like, yeah. I was like, no, it's Megan. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody got bougie in this episode. Yeah. Uh, I'm Megan. These are cool looking, yeah. yeah. Again, <laughs> hot hatches. Yeah, yeah. They've got an extra E at the end. Megan. So I'd, I'd have to pick up. Oh, that it, that's from e. Renault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Renault. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace. Rest in, yeah, exactly. Okay. That would be fun. Okay. I think I'm I'm also really jealous that they get manual transmissions as an option over there. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, we're stupid and automatic transmissions are more efficient now and even faster most of the time. But I still, it's fun. <laughs> and yeah. especially in little cars because you get to like rev the piss out of them. Yeah. One thing that becomes apparent when we're talking about what we'd like to import is we seem to be gravitating towards smaller cars. And the American car market is known for like bigger is better and constantly... Kind of stretching. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a whole so, tinfoil hat thing on that, big time. Yeah, it, he's, just, he's got the hat. I do. It's adorable. It's got Put on your tinfoil hats and hear my conspiracy away. theory on our on our car market in the U.S. Ooh, I feel like that's an episode in itself. If we sell bigger cars all the time, that means we do not have to fix the roads as often because we we build these massive, big suspension, roll over everything cars. And we don't fix any of our infrastructure. Just so we're clear, says the guy driving a Raptor. Oh, no. I'm 100% <laughs> on board. Because even driving down I-90 from my place in yeah. Snoqualmie to yours in right Issaquah, right. Yeah, the yeah, road yeah. is so bad yeah. that I'm like, if I wasn't driving my Raptor, if I was in the Audi, I would literally bend a wheel if I didn't know that this yeah. road is so cut up, I have to stay in certain parts of the lane. Yeah. And if you, if you build a bunch of massive big cars, you don't have to worry about that. So we sell SUVs and trucks and bigger cars. And then we can just do less with the roads because less people will complain. And see, I'm of the, the 10 fat, the fact that we should start, they should start selling us the smaller cars because the electricity's not, electric cars are not ready yet. The, the grid's not ready. So I think these smaller cars coming in would help. But then again, the potholes would eat them. Mm-hmm. And if I break it, I can just put it in the back of the Raptor for your F-150 and be fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if you're getting smaller cars that are lighter and getting better gas mileage, you're pissing off the oil companies. Yep. Yeah, we're screwed. I mean, we already have F1 coming after us after your derogatory say. I know. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> your love for Alonzo. He's got a great smile. I'll uh, give him well, that. Well, oh, okay. <laughs> well, wow. Guess Dan and I are just chopped liver. Whatever. Yep. Your husband can't working. listen to yeah. this episode either. Whatever. Yeah, great. <laughs> Super. <laughs> No more automotive memorabilia in the house for you. <laughs> wow, Dan. Just throw everybody under the bus. Um, exactly. God. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm just, uh, never met you, but I'm on your side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, let's let's sort of wrap that up. I think, you know, uh, as people listen to this episode, they're definitely going to be sitting in front of their computers, you know, Googling these cars and looking at them. And I'll be interested to see. I mean, if you listen to this episode uh, on, and wherever it's posted, Post up some cars that maybe we missed or you didn't think we didn't think of. Oh yeah, like, I'm gonna post know. in the Avance page like, hey, yeah. what what did we miss? Yeah. Because I'm I'm sure there's a bunch of them. They're like, I can't believe you didn't say this. I'm looking forward to seeing those. Oh yeah, I feel like there's sure. some aha moments right there. Like, oh I'm yeah, like, mm, yeah. How did I not think of that? So yeah, yeah. And there's gonna be enthusiast groups that we just aren't you know crossing over with, like the Nobles, the M600. Oh, that's mm, good. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's just we, not totally those, my style. We've had but Nobles here. Yeah, yeah but we didn't green. That was that green one that. Uh, 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 what's her name? Yeah, she's really nice. Yeah. Um lives over Gig Harbor area, I think. Yeah. yeah. So she, she built it, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. So nice. yeah. good for her. Yeah. Yeah, there's one that cruises around Kent too. 
yeah, I'm sure. And Kevin Flynn used to own one. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations to Kevin and Caitlin, by the way. Oh, that's right. Yeah. A very early guests of the podcast, Kevin and uh, Caitlin Flynn have their new baby girl. Congratulations to Caitlin. What did Kevin do? No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful baby girl. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap that up. Um, I've, you know, Megan, we appreciate you being here, uh, coming up for the ideas because we need. She has ideas. more. Don't worry, I folks. Know. Yeah, you're going to hear her again. Um, so, somebody you know, had to come up with some yeah. ideas. No, nope. <laughs> it wasn't us. <laughs> so, it's only taken us three, almost two hundred and some, almost three hundred episodes to kind of start running out of ideas. But <laughs> actually, we have some great episodes coming up. Uh, yeah. Booked, um, so, uh, for this episode of the Avans Podcast, as always, I'm Nick. I'm Megan. There we go. And I'm Dan, and don't just get there, enjoy the drive.